This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars, the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. This is where the fun begins. Chewing. We're home. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the Blue Milk Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter, order a cup of Jawa juice and a nice slice of Yogan fruit pie, and get ready because we're about to talk all things Star Wars. Good morning, Justin. Welcome back into the cafe. This is episode 157. I'm your host, Jeff. And hey, it's me, RP. And this week we are back on our way, way back um, with The Mandalorian Season 2. We are up to Chapter 13, The Jedi. And, of course, this is the one that episode that everyone was anticipating this season. And the introduction of the second animated character be brought to life and a character that yeah when she was introduced a lot of fans didn't like her and I'm not one of them I liked her from day one and some people don't believe me when I say that they said oh you're just saying that because she's popular now no I'm not I liked her from day one she her character was what she was supposed to be from day one and that's why I liked her but yeah, we finally get introduced to Ahsoka Tano, and they did not waste any time showing us Ahsoka in this episode. It just jumps right in, and boom, there she is. It wasn't really a dramatic entrance, in my opinion, but it was a great entrance nonetheless. And RFB, what did you, your initial thoughts were on Ahsoka when you first saw her? Oh, Jeff, I was knocked back in my seat. I just, wow. Yeah, like you said, there, there, there weren't no drama about it. This here was all straight up action. Um, yeah, to see Ahsoka Tana for the first time, they just kind of ghosted her into this. Because that's what was happening at the time. Um... I also remember back then, this is going back three years ago, 2020, December 2020, or no, this was before that, it was 2020, um, some folks kept, were at the time kind of taking issue with Ahsoka's Montrells, and by Montrells, she's a Tegruda, so that would be like, um, 
above her forehead. Because down below, Tegrudas have not just Montrails, but they also have Leku. And in the animation, with Ahsoka being in her late 20s or so, the older Tegruda grow, their Montrails tend to grow a bit longer. But in live action, they were somewhat shorter. And Mm -hmm. we now know that there was a very practical purpose for that, that with Rosaria Dawson doing a lot of the action, and there was lots of action in this, that it weren't practically possible for her, for it to look that way, or her headpiece would have kept coming off. So they had to balance it out with the, we'll say, real-world science to make this work. And for the most part, everybody just pretty much went along once they understood it. But, yeah, seeing Ahsoka for the first time as a live-action character was just, yeah, floored a good many of us. Yeah. Yes. The way they they did it, too, I mean – yeah, I, the controversy about the length there, and I heard right away when I heard Filoni's explanation, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And yes, the next time we saw her, I think they tried to make it look a little better. Mm-hmm. And if you in the Ahsoka series, they do look better. So he, he's everyone thinks that oh no, they don't, they don't listen to the fans. They listen to the fans. They do. Why do you think Jar? Why do you think Jar Jar was in the episodes two and three a lot less? Because they listen to the stupid fans. <laughs> so, but yeah, I I still say there's they should have had more Jar Jar, but you know that's just me. But I can't disagree with that. But you know, then again, if they listen to the fans, I guess. They, they stuck it out with Ahsoka, though, because if there was that much backlash back then when her character was introduced, huh, I just thought of that. There's lots of things that folks in our fandom say that, yeah, is absolutely heard. Is it always spoken to? No. And in my opinion, it shouldn't be. Um, as much as we love and un- love and understand and know all the different nerdy little, well, pretty much – useless except for when we're in galaxy or having chats like me and Jeff are now. Should they listen to the, a lot of the things and give us the things we're asking for? No. It's it's their story itself, not ours. Right. Would there have been things I would have loved to see? Absolutely. Am mm-hmm. I devastated I didn't see them? Not, no, not at all. Not at all. But let's get us back onto the table that is Chapter 13, The Jedi. <laughs> And let's talk about this little opening fight in the forest here. And I must say the one move that I absolutely love from Ahsoka is when she cut through the tree and got that one dude and then just forced through a chunk of the other tree into the other guy. That was just amazing. And I think I had to rewind it a couple of times when I first watched it to see it again and again. And, of course, that annoyed my wife. She said, we just let him play. You can go watch it again later. 
So, oh yeah, the very opening part of this was, like Jeff said, uh, storytellers wasted no time. We are. It starts out on the planet of Corvus, just out the, the walled, outside the walled city of, of Kaladin, in a very scorched forest, or what's left of a forest, that we see soldiers on a hunt. And up top of the wall and the main gate of the city is the captain of the guard, uh, Lang is his name, played by an actor by the name of Michael Bean, who we oh, are yes. very with, very familiar oh, yeah. with, as John Connor from the Terminator series. Mm-hmm. Or if, if folks have seen the 90s Western film, kind of loosely based on uh, historical <laughs> tombstone. He was Johnny oh, yes. Ringo. Yep. Who got taken out by Doc Holliday. Yeah. yeah great, very, great actor. Great actor. Loved yes. him from, yeah, the original Terminator. Loved him in that. So. Yeah, we see Lang watching his soldiers. They're on the hunt for something, and then they seem to have found their target because – there it is, there is Ahsoka Tano, as I mentioned before, ghosting her way. She she appears in a spot in the forest, and then she's gone, and she turns up somewhere else, and she's taking these soldiers out. And yeah, that X cut through the tree and taking that chunk. Yeah, Jeff's right. I, after I finished, I did the first playthrough, and then I had to go do that again. How could you not go do that again? It was just wow. Yeah. So after she goes through and takes off these soldiers, she approaches the wall where we see the magistrate mm-hmm. of Calvin standing atop the wall, and she makes a demand. We are introduced to Morgan Elsbeth. We don't know that's her team yet. No, that's where we sit now three years later, knowing things we know now that we didn't know that back then. Yeah, and when you cool. go back and watch, rewatch this one, you're like, oh, there's Morgan. And we're like, yeah, but we didn't know that then. No, she was just a magistrate, or we yeah. thought she was the actual magistrate. And nothing more. Yeah, there's lots more we know now that we didn't know back then. Yeah, so Ahsoka makes a demand her and she gives her one day to give her the information that Ahsoka is seeking. We don't know rightly what that is just yet. One day's time and she's coming back and she's going to get that information. And then we get the opening with the music and the episode title. The Jedi, Chapter 13. And we get to see the Razor Crust making its way to Corvus. Oh, yeah. Which, for the Galaxy Map nerds, that would be up galactic northeast, sort of in the neighborhood of where Mon Cala would be. And, yeah, Din, Grogu, in the cockpit of the Razor Crust. Yeah. yeah, and Grogu's getting a little bit of a lesson from Din because he's sitting right next to him at the control panel 
wanting to see, wanting to see that little silver knob. Oh yeah. And they're going to get ready to make a plant fall and then telling Gurgu, go strap yourself in. You just make sure you're good and ready and safe. And Grogu's going to be a little bit hesitant about it. And he's like, what did I tell you? Right. Back to your seat. Yeah, and Grogu's sitting there in his seat. Good little boy. Still looking at that knob on that. Some folks are calling it a shifter. I ain't rightly sure what in relation to it is for the ship. I think it might be thruster related. Yeah, he unscrews the knob off of that that stick. And kind of sneaks it past then. And this is where we see the crust coming in on planet and all the scorched surface of the planet. Right. Didn't know at the time what exactly that was about. I am noticing as I'm watching the playback here right beside me that there's some starships taking off. Hadn't previously noticed that. I might have to go back and take a look at that later. Yeah. Well, there's some stuff. We're not quite done with Corvus yet. It's going to turn up in some upcoming stories. I'll just set that down right there because, and I don't know much more beyond that, but it is spoiler adjacent. We'll call it that. Okay. Yeah, so then lands the crust and drops the back ramp. And Din and Grogu make their way down the ramp where Grogu gives himself up. He got that little silver <laughs> ball. And, <laughs> yeah, Din sees that he has it. And he's like, what did I say about that? And he tucks it away. And he picks the kid up. And he's on the hunt for a Jedi. Yeah. Starts, starts making his way towards Kaladin and has this neat little sling where Grogu's got, uh, he's like in a satchel hanging off of Din's left hip. Right. Kind of under his cape too. So he's there, but not quite seen. And Din approaches the, the, the walled gate. Where Lang steps up and, and sees Mando and asks, you know, you a hunter? He's like, yeah. And he asks if he's with the guild. And he said, last I checked. And he, he's granted permission into the city. Where we go in and, and see, there's some folks stirring about, but there's a, a bit of attention to it. The folks don't seem to be outwardly friendly. They seem to all be keeping kind of themselves. Nobody's talking yep. to one another. Even as the new stranger into their, their town, nobody's really interested in him. They're, they're just kind of quickly making their way past him. Right. And when he stops and talks to the one gentleman, he's trying to ask right. him, I'm looking for someone, and he tells him, please don't. Well, there were two little children they tried to talk to, and he goes, please don't talk to them or any of us, you know. And that's when you're like, what's going on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And see, it, right away it seemed to me like these people were being held in their own city against their will. 
um, they were walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. And after seeing what Morgan did to the one citizen she brought up and, you know, threatened, oh, I'm going to torture this person if Ahsoka doesn't, you know, let him alone or what have you. You knew there was something bad going on in this city. Yeah, the tension got really, really thick right here. Yeah. After this vendor makes mention to him about that, there's two of Morgan's scout guards uh, come up to Din from behind and says, the magistrate wants to see you. So right. she's quite aware that Lang has already sent info to her that this bounty hunter has come to the city. Right. So they, they escort him to these two big heavy doors inside the city. And apparently this is this is where then meets the magistrate in a very it's almost like garden Asian garden like. It's really pretty look yeah. place that we meet her on this long walkway where it seems there's a fish pond of sorts that, that's split by the walkway down the middle, and Morgan seems to be feeding some of the wildlife, and then then walks up as he's answering her questions. Yeah, this is a very interesting conversation that they have. Indeed. She asks if he's a Mandalorian, and he says that he is. And she wishes to pay for his services. Right. Where he says, well, I'm my is, yeah, my price is very high. Well, it seems that she's willing to pay that high price. Yep. It seems that Morgan feels she's being harassed by a Jedi, and she wants his services to go kill this Jedi. Right. Well, then doesn't outrightly agree to it, but nor does he disagree with it. So he kind of remains neutral to it. And then this gets very, very interesting because Morgan is holding nearly a six-foot long spear. And she's telling him that it's not just any straight-up spear. This one seems to be made from Pure Beskar. Yep. She hands it to Din, and he rings it off of his right van brace and can hear the metal when it from when it struck. And yeah, it had a particular ring to it. And Din's very interested in this. So Morgan makes a straight up offer. You kill the Jedi? That spear's me yours. Exactly. He very politely hands it back to her and says, "Where's this Jedi?" Yeah, so he's then escorted back out to the burnt forest by Lang, where. He happens to take notice. Lang takes notice of Grogu. He can he gets a little peek at him and asks what what he is, and then says he's a good luck charm. 
Right. I think he says, what is it, some kind of pet? Mm-hmm. So he wishes him luck and then's off on his journey to find this Jedi somewhere out in the wasted forest. And this gets really, really interesting because uh, he, as he's making his way, yeah, the, something's going on on this planet because we get a big wide shot of some of the hills where everything's just, it's a wasteland. Right. You see smoke rising from everywhere. Yeah, so that tells me that this was, all this devastation was done recently yeah and it does have a purpose to it um some of that is yet to come in some future stories yeah this just yeah this plant just in this forest just reminded just reminds me of like a tim burton film this would be like a set tim burton would love Oh, very, very much. So, but yeah, I just really like that, you know, this uh, set. Well, it was most likely filmed in, what do they call it, the round? Is that what they call that thing? Oh, the volume. The volume, that's it. Stagecraft. Yeah, indeed it was. And some... some There's practical stuff there, too. You could just tell. Yeah. Um, some neat behind-the-scenes info is a lot of the practical to this for the, the the trees and the wasted burnt forest, those were held in, in uh, storage at Lucasfilm. Those were some of the same trees in the forest that were used from Starkiller Base, from... The wow. Force Awakens. Yeah. This is why I follow making Star Wars. To find out neat little tidbits like this. Because Jason gets a hold of some really neat, fun stuff. Right. We get this neat, long, long shot from behind in, like a couple of yards behind him, where there's this twisty, windy path of sorts that he's walking. And up in the upper left-hand corner on one of the tree branches is what folks call the Star Wars owl, or it's a coin bore. Uh, that's right. Yes, and that is that is a little whisper for what's to come very shortly. Yep. So he's using his infrared to try and see if he can pick up some kind of footprints or something... Something anywhere nearby. So he takes notice of a particular sound. He's asking, Bro, did you hear that? And he sets him down on a rock, and he's taking a look through his rangefinder that's built into his helmet, not like the one that Boba Fett has. We can see some some really tall, long-legged beasts off in the distance. And then he's looking... From out of nowhere is Ahsoka. Both blades ignited and just set straight into him. And then's using 
his van braces and every other part of his armor to block her strikes because she's just laying into him. And he stops her. He saw, he, he's Ahsoka Tano. Bo-Katan sent me to find you. And right. she stops. And uh, you watch her eyes. She goes from looking straight at Din to off to her left. And her first words are, I hope it's about him. Right. And then you get Grogu's theme where we see him sitting where Din had set him down. And Ahsoka approaches him. And then it cuts to another scene later, later, later in the evening. And Din's off in the distance. Yep. And the Oh, everything. Uh, Even with the wasted landscape, yeah, everything about this is just gorgeous. The moon in the background and Soka just talking to Grogu there, that's just, it's a gorgeous still. Yeah, but there's no words being spoken. Oh, no. They're kind of speaking to each other through the force. It's really neat. He's making, Grogu's making gestures to her to pick me up. And she's kind of giving him this kindly grin. Oh, there's another gorgeous shot right here. Huge moon just softly lighting the, the landscape. Ahsoka's standing there holding him. And then comes walking up to her. She picked up the, the lantern and they kind of meet in the middle just off the side of that path. And then asks about the kid. You know, what did he have to say? So it's some more of these neat little squeaks and squawks that he makes. Yeah. And he asks, did he speak to you? And she says, in a way, yeah. And she explains to him that, yeah, they weren't speaking with words. They were speaking to each other with thoughts. And she makes mention of, yes, Gregory and I were speaking to each other. And now we finally get told that the kid indeed does have a name. Yep. Yep, for... Nearly yeah. about a year and a half, maybe two years, we were just calling him the child, or yeah. called him the kid. I do like the fact when Din learns his name, Grogu. Mm-hmm. Around, look at him, waits, and talks to us a little bit. When that Grogu turns around, looks at him again. So I thought that was cute. Yeah, that Din actually, the, the kid was probably waiting for the longest time for him to be able to learn his name and say it to him so that now they can. <laughs> Poor Grogu's probably been like, I've told you my name hundreds of times. I <laughs> <laughs> thought of it. That's a funny, that's a funny one. But, but you're still calling me kid or, you know, hey you. But, yeah. So this gets even more interesting because Ahsoka asked Din, can he still wield the Force? And this is a, I'd have to bet by far that this is a very foreign subject to him, that 
Ben wasn't raised with any kind of knowledge of the force or what it is. And he says, you mean his powers. So now Ben's getting some education here. Oh, yeah. That's where yeah. he's falling asleep. Ben's not even very familiar with what exactly a Jedi is. So he's learning, and we're all learning along with this. This is some really neat storytelling going on here. And Ahsoka kind of, yeah, he's she's noticing that uh, he's he's dozing off. Yeah. And then asks if uh, she wants she wants her to teach him. So they'll try a test of sorts in the morning when after they've all slept. And when we go to the next day of the morning scene, we get a classic, classic Star Wars wipe across the screen to take us into the next scene. Which I've noticed that Dave Filoni has been using those here and there throughout his shows here. Little homage to George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is in the morning. Din takes Grogu and sets him down on a rock, and Ahsoka walks off, oh, several feet out in front of him, and she picks up a stone from the ground, and in her hand, with palm up, she turns her hand and sends the for- sends the rock with the force very steadily and slowly floating to Grogu. And when it comes to him, he, he catches it, and she asks him to return it to her. And Grogu looks at the stone and looks at her and looks back down at the stone, and then his ears kind of fall. Right. And drop, he drops the rock. Yep. And Ahsoka drops her hand. She's kind of disappointed. And she walks up to him and kneels down and takes his hand. And starts to explain to Din that he's kind of closing himself off. He's kind of hiding what he's capable of doing. Because he's scared. So she asks Din, all right, if he's not going to do this with me, let's see if he'll do this with you. Right. So she asks asks him to stand where she stood. And Din takes the stone. When Ahsoka went over and was kind of passing thoughts with him. She had picked that stone back up, and she hands it to Din, where he holds it out. Right. And he says, all right, kid, come on. Lift Take the stone. It. And so I had to remind him, call him Grogu. Mm-hmm. And actually, at this at this point, when, I was, when we were first watching it, me and my wife, I was actually saying, 
you still have the knob on you. Use the knob. <laughs> he likes the knob. Use it. And uh, I was, and then when it actually does happen, I was like, oh my god, I was right about something. <laughs> yeah, he does. Then Gregory doesn't want anything to do with that stone. And just what Jack said, yeah. Then happens to remember that he did have that tucked away on his, just above his utility belt. So he's thinking, all right, if it didn't work with that, maybe it'll work with this. Yep. Grogu, you want this, don't you? <laughs> yeah. He holds it up between his thumb and, and forefinger and kind of tempts him with it. Come on. You, you can have this. Take it and zip. He, Grogu instantly. It goes flying fast, straight out of Din's grip, and yep. Din walks up to him really briskly, and he kneels down, and he says, there, see, you did it. You can do it. Right. So this is where Din's, now he's really convinced. He really yeah. wants Ahsoka to, to train him, to teach him. And she flat out rightly says no. Not going to teach him. He's like, why? And he said, she she explains to him, it, it's that he had many many masters years ago when he was at the Jedi Temple, and over years was taught by many masters, and then bad things happened, and he very. Over days, he starts, Grogu starts to close himself off and his, his mind goes very dark. And she says she's not, she's not going to teach him because she's, she's seen things happen in, in the past that someone that was very close to her went down a path just like that. Right. And she's not gonna, that that could very likely be the same path that Grogu could start himself down and she's not she's not gonna be a part of a helping hand to that. I think her words were we've seen what happens what happens to the best of us and she's speaking to without saying Anakin Skywalker. Correct. Yep. Yeah. That one was a little bit of a Punch to take the air right out of you. Cause it's just, whoa. Cause yeah, we all know what that meant. So then, uh. Yeah, go ahead. Then, uh, we cut to maybe minutes or an hour later and then in a circle having words. She's asking what he saw when he, when she was inside the city. There were soldiers and Morgan, and he says, well, she offered me a spear, a pure Beskar, to find you. He said, but I didn't make any agreements to it. So then they kind of come together that he's like, well, if we get together and team up, which they will not be expecting whatsoever. A Mandalorian and a Jedi, you'll never see it coming. Nope. So they do just that. And it's 
coming dusk, and they're making their way to the city outside the walls. And we see Ahsoka force jump up onto the wall in the walkway, and she takes out two of the guards, and that big alarm bell gong, and a guard, all at the same time. Yeah. Scares the hell out of one other guard. He sends him running. So she at least spared his life. Well, yeah, he was smart. <laughs> he was like, I want to have nothing to do with you. And a little further into the city, Morgan was lying behind her and some of her guards. And what we also saw that we didn't speak to previously when Din made his way oh. into the her gardens is Morgan also has two HK-87 hunter-killer assassin droids behind her. And behind some, yeah, behind some of her and her guard scouts standing in one of the main walkways into the city behind Morgan and, and Lang and, and the guards are two HKs. And at the far end of that walkway, turns out of a side uh, side walkway, there's Ahsoka. And she walks up and approaches Morgan and tosses Din's right shoulder pauldron, the one with the mudhorn signet on it, on the ground in between them. And she says, I found your bounty hunter. So now this is leading Morgan to think that she killed Din. Which seems to pretty much piss off Morgan where she just says, kill her. Yeah. So the guard scouts and Lang and the HKs all set to open and fire on Ahsoka where she jumps up onto one of the rooftops and she's batting their, their laser fire back at them and every which away. We got a couple different scenes from the fellow that Din tried to speak to when he first entered the city, and he's watching, trying to keep himself safe from his doorway. And Din makes his way into the city, and this fellow happens to pop out of the doorway as Din makes around the corner, and he has his blaster drawn on him, and he has his hands up he's afraid he's going to get took out and then holsters his blaster and they kind of nod at each other and Ahsoka still yeah, sneaking her way through through the city and everybody's on a hunt for her you want to go from here Doc? oh I was just going to make mention yeah he the citizen that you know, didn't talk to originally and then came out to help him free the prisoners they had in those look like some kind of, you know, torture devices that just shock you. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we come to find out later, you know, he's not just a normal citizen. No, but, he was, in fact, previously, he was the yeah, previous magistrate. And a fun little, fun little side note about this fella. His name is escaping me, but in real life, 
He was invited to come take part of this. He's, at least, if not is, he was a very long-time Disney Imagineer who, when, when uh, Disney World and then later, or Disneyland and then later Disney World were coming up with some of the very big fantastical things that Disney's known for in the parks, he had a hand in putting some of these together inside the big think tanks that Disney Imagineers come up with the fantastical stuff he does. He's he's one of those folks who got to take part in a Star Wars story. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is really cool. It is. But yeah, so, then... Dad? Yeah, I was going to say... Well, at least I'm up to the part where Disney and Lang are having their showdown and Ahsoka just jumped over the wall to go to confront Morgan. Yeah, Man, this was pretty standoff. They just stand there and it's like, they're saying stuff like, well, maybe your side wins, maybe my side wins. And basically they just stand there and listen to the fight going on inside. Yeah, there's two fights, or what's going to turn out to be fights, that are taking place at the same time. And some folks have really taken notice to this in how the story's being told, that one one of the two is very samurai-esque, and that would be between Morgan and Ahsoka. And the other one is in a very kind of cowboy western sort of way between Lang and Din. The one fight's gonna happen one is a showdown, which don't take very long between Din and Lang. And the other one takes a little where we get to see Ahsoka and Morgan. And we haven't got to speak to Morgan Elspeth yet. She is played and portrayed by Actress Diana Lee Inosanto, who grew up a nerd, just like Jeff and I are. She's our generation. She's just about my age. Um, who she is also, her father's name was Dan, Daniel Inosanto, who is a martial artist instructor and was while this fellow was alive a long time ago, a partner and very good close friend with legendary martial artist Bruce Lee. Yep. Yeah, they they sparred together, and Dan wanted his little girl to grow up learning how to protect herself. So over her years of growing up, Diana is a mixed martial artist. She can cross over several different martial arts forms and mix and match them. So she is very highly schooled. Yeah, she grew up being a Dungeons and Dragons nerd, role playing and stuff. And she was, I think she said she was an eight year old girl when her dad, who's kind of nerdy in his own way, took her to see Star Wars and she got hooked just like we did. And she was absolutely floored when 
John Favreau asked her to come take part in this story because they they kind of made this character to fit her. So we get to see exactly how well skilled she shows us some of her arts in facing off with Ahsoka. Yep. In this garden. Yeah, this was the <clears throat> this was the thing that once we found out that Morgan was going to be one of the one of the big bads in the Ahsoka series. Mm-hmm. I was my wife. I said, "Great!" I said, "I want to see her and Ahsoka face off again," because that short it was it was rather a little short, you know, duel they had. I told my wife, I said, I want to see that, but a little bit longer. Because that was, even though it wasn't technically a lightsaber battle, because she was battling with the Beskar spear, mm-hmm. it was still one of the great duels, I think, in Star Wars, that I'm afraid is going to get overlooked when people talk about duels, because when we talk about duels, we're mostly talking about lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And... Even though she didn't have a lightsaber, she had a spear, it was still a duel. So, and then we find out after she defeats Morgan who she was after. She said, where's your master? Where's Thrawn? And that's when we all figured, yep, she is looking for Thrawn because Ezra is where Thrawn is. Mm Mm-hmm. So, well, just before that, as Ahsoka and Morgan's fight is going to wind up, Din doesn't give Lang too much of a choice. Lang decides, all right, you know what? I'll concede to you. And he has this blaster being that he kind of takes in both hands. He takes his hand off the trigger and goes He's going to lay it down on the ground. He's, all right, I'll, I'll concede this. We're not going to fight. Right. And you see, think he's being a trickster because he's got a holdout blaster that he tries to pull up one to try to get one passed on Din, but he's just too fast. And he lays Lang straight out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that duel didn't take long at all. Not at all. He made the wrong choice. He could have walked yeah. away from that, but knew. So, yeah, now there it does turn up. A name that none of us were ever expecting to hear. Um, I wasn't quite following. There was some silence between me following spoilers for a couple of years. Uh, I had no idea that this, none of us had any idea that this was coming, that just, wow, Thrawn? Really? Okay, right. this is getting interesting. And it took a few years to get to where we are now. Yeah. Um, right after Din takes Lang out, one of the HKs is up on the rooftops behind Din, and he doesn't see him. And this former magistrate steps out of his doorway really quickly and warns Din behind you. Right. Din's Fast as a wink, blasters out and takes that HK off the roof. And then another 
as Jeff had mentioned, another white, and we can see a very happy lot of the citizenry of Caledon in what looks like just morning time. Everybody seems to be really relieved that Morgan's in custody. We didn't know that then, didn't because we weren't shown it. We know this now, right. that she turns up on a new Republic transport. And that former magistrate gets his, he gets his position back. He's donned a cloak with all the, the finery that says that he is a magistrate of the city. And thanking the folks that reinstate him to that spot. And just outside the gate of the city is Denon Ahsoka where she has that spear and offers it to him. But he first, he turns it down because he says he didn't finish the job. He can't accept this. But she's not having any of that. She says, no, this belongs with the Mandalorian. Right. right. He he don't refuse. He, He does take it. And she asks where Grogu is. And he says that he's safe and sound back on the Razor Crest and asks her to wait there. He's, he'll go, he'll go get him. Right. And she watches him walk off and the reappointed magistrate comes out to stand beside Ahsoka where she offers to walk back into the city with him. And we see coming nearly set to wrap this up. Then's back aboard the Razor Crest. He takes his jetpack off and goes to the bunk where there's a little hammock that Ben had made for Grogu. And he's sound asleep in it. And he wakes him up, and he's, he's we're going to go say goodbye to Ahsoka. Right. It's a really neat little cute shot. <laughs> he's not exactly waking up just yet, so I'm thinking he lets him, lets him sleep for another couple minutes. Right. right. So. Hey, we so, thought that was going to be the big uh, in. Rogu goodbye scene. Mm-hmm. But that comes a little later. But yeah, I, I started when I first saw it, I started getting emotional because I didn't know. You know, when they made the deal, Ahsoka, you know, he he helps her. They succeed. She takes Grogu and trains him. So, but then when she said no and she told him where to go, place him on that altar and he you know if anyone answers his call a Jedi will come you know to train him so uh, she provided him information and just uh, get him trained somehow so mm-hmm. yeah she she turns him down again and uh, like Jeff mentions that uh, there is one possibility for him to take him to 
a very old Jedi temple on the planet Tython, and that set a lot of us up to, I think at that time, Tython was in the Legends part of Star Wars. And now it had just been brought back into canon, where there was an old Jedi temple. Yeah, she mentions, go to, to Tython, and the temple on top of the mountain, there's this thing called a seeing stone in the temple. And to go on and set Grogu down there, and if there's a Jedi, because there ain't many left, there's yeah, he, he can reach out through the Force, and maybe if there's a Jedi that can hear him speaking out to the galaxy, maybe one might come looking for him. Yep. So, Din takes that. So now he's got yet where he thought his quest was done. On the journey goes. So up the ramp to the Razor Crest, Din and Grogu go, and Ahsoka watches the ship lift off, and she makes her way, her way back to Kaladin. And that was Chapter 13. Yep. And I think we did it. Yes, we did. And next week, we will be obviously covering... Chapter 14, The Tragedy. Get ever so closer to the season finale of season two, mm-hmm. which I can't remember. I don't think anything really major happened in that episode. The chapter, what would it be, 16? Yeah, I don't think anything really happened in that episode. But we're going to cover it anyway when we get to it. Yeah, I think the season just kind of Stopped. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see when we get to it, but, yep, and of course after we finish Chapter 16, we're not going to stop with our way way back. We're going to go to Chapter 17 into, into Season 3. And we'll go through our Season 3 recap. And I'm looking forward to that one, because that was... Early, can say it now, last year. Yep. Yeah, way, way back in 2023. Which was really fun for me doing, uh, my, my re-listens to keep my, fill in my playlist after I finished, uh, recent episode drops that I'm into chapter 16 right now and a lot of folks, I'm in the back end of it. Um, it's really neat listening to folks kind of putting out their different predictions that uh, we didn't get season three for three more years where folks thought it was going to be 2022. That didn't quite turn up. That What we got there was season 2.5, as it was kind of described to us, which yeah. was the book of Boba Fett. Yep. Yeah, but, and so folks asking, all right, well, how do we think season, where do we think season three, where, did, where, where are they going to go to? And a lot of folks were making the call directly, right? Are they going to go to Mandalore? 
exactly it took some time through the stories but yeah that's exactly what it's really fun listening to folks thinking that and over those three years when we did get the season three i don't recall that anybody remembered three years ago that they made those predictions and actually hit them on the nose it, right. it's fun listening to that because well, there's me in the present now going you maybe don't remember or not but yeah you got that right you got that right but you just gave me an idea that I did not think of. When we're done with season two, mm-hmm. Mando, why don't we do continue our way, way back with the book of Boba Fett? Since that, like you said, some people dubbed it uh, Book of Boba Fett, Mandalore, the Mandalorian season 2.5 because yeah. there are some episodes in there that deal with the Mandalorian and with some people that never watched the Mandalorian or never watched Book of Boba Fett, the casual fans, when they came back and started watching season three of the Mandalorian, they were like, well, how did Din get Grogu back? When did that happen? So, yeah. Go watch Book of Boba Fett, and you'll see the re- when they get reunited. I want to say that that was, as folks say nowadays, uh, coined. I want to say it was described by John Favreau in one of the bigger was it IGN or somebody interview, right? Um, right after the. Only time that Star Wars has had a post-credits scene that wrapped up uh, oh, season two. Yeah, and it was the, the, the we'll, we'll coming up in three weeks when we get to um, chapter 16. Yeah, it, that dropped and it, was, it said the Book of Boba Fett coming December 2021. Right. And yeah, the cat fans stick around for that didn't know. So yeah, one of those big interviews, some reporter was asking John about that. He described it as um, the Mandalorian season two point five, and some folks <laughs> kind of took to it because we didn't know quite yet what it was. Yeah, that's uh, that, that. I like that plan. Let's do that. Yeah. I mean, we could we we could make we got three weeks here or so to make a decision, but we could either go and do the whole season of Book of Boba Fett, or we could just focus in on the I think it was what three episodes that dealt that also crossed over with the Mandalorian. Two, two episodes. Yeah, that was episodes five and six. I think. Yeah, because. The Book of Boba had seven. So, yeah, it was five and six. Yep, yep. Okay. Yeah, well, RFB and I will actually, you know, we get, like I said, we got three weeks to make our decision. But, yeah, we'll either do the whole season or we'll just do those two chapters. We'll see what we come up with. But, yeah, so it looks like after Chapter 16 of The Mandalorian, we're going to tackle – 
The Mandalorian Season 2.5, The Book of Boba Fett in some fashion. So, you have that look to for, look forward to. To quote Cobb Van, it's going to be great. Yep. <laughs> so, any last words, RFB? Uh, let's see. To come up with a podcast recommendation. Oh, who will it be this week? Ooh, okay. I don't know that they're going to be fairly regular, but a long timer in my library that had stayed quiet for just over a year and maybe one of the only that I can think of over the many years I've been listening. There's some father and sons that do their own episodes together, like Keith and Kerwin of Father Son Galaxy and Todd and Trent, this big D little T. There's only one I can think of, and I know there's more than one, but the one that comes to mind because they're long timers is John and Marie Mestias and her mother, Maria. They were about over a year ago, as I said, um, starting to do reviews and recaps of the Bad Batch. And John and Marie has been podcasting for a long, long time. She was just feeling very burnt out, and they just up and stopped. Their podcast is called The Geeky Bubble. John Marie used to run a website called The Wiki Gunner, where she would go and, and put up uh, different news bits for whatever was coming up new in Star Wars news and whatnot. Uh, they just stepped back with uh, about to say a half-hour-long episode. Uh, if, you have, if you ain't familiar with John Marie or the Geeky Bubble, go give them a look in whichever podcaster that you're making use of and give them a listen. I'm very surprised and happy to hear the girls are back to talk about all the new stuff that they ain't yet covered. So that's my recommendation for the week, the Geeky Bubble podcast. All right. Yeah, go go give them a listen, check them out, which I will because it's the first time I've heard about them. So I heard the Wookiee Gunner, but did not realize there was a podcast. So we'll go check that out. And if you're anywhere in Pennsylvania or the East Coast, stay safe. We're expecting some kind of snow today. They really never know how much we'll get around here anyway, so but stay safe, stay warm, and as always, until next time. I have spoken. Give the evacuation code signal. RFB and I would like to thank you for joining us here in the cafe. Life is all about passions. Thank you for lending us your ear while we shared all of ours. You can follow the Blue Milk Cafe Facebook group, Blue Milk Cafe Pod. And remember, Blue Milk, it does a body good. Mm